to the ones that we've got. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not. 'Cause the dreams bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Toast to the ones here today. Toast to the ones that we lost on the way. 'Cause the dreams bring back all the memories, and the memories bring back memories, bring back you. There's a time that I remember when I didn't know no pain. When I believed in forever and everything would stay the same. Now my heart feels like December when somebody say your name. 'Cause I can't reach out to call you, but I know I will someday. Yeah, Welcome to another episode of What's Up with DJ. I'm your host, DJ. And each week, I bring you topics about current events, holistic living, finance, and stories of inspiration and humor. So go ahead and click that like button, or follow, or subscribe, and leave a comment. And also consider leaving a review on Apple Podcast because, as always, your views and opinions are very important to me. So let's get right into this new episode. So this is part two of a conversation with Emily Thiro Thread. She's a grief transformation expert, and she helped others get through grief and loss. And we talked about in our last episode about how she was able to get beyond the grief and loss of. Two husbands who passed away, and how she's now helping others get through grief and loss with her book, "Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief: A Comprehensive Guide to Reclaiming and Cultivating Joy and Carrying On in the Face of Loss." And also, she has a support group, a peer-to-peer support group, and and in the episode, she'll uh, tell you how to uh, join that if you need any support dealing with grief and loss. And how can we support someone who is having a difficult time dealing with grief and loss? And what are the two major things that we need to know? About helping someone get through grief and loss. Um, so one of the things that you did, you said earlier that when when Jacques passed away, you really delved into just accepting any kind of invitations. You know, just anyone who who was reaching out to you and saying, "Hey, come and and support this cause," you went out to do that. Was that the same strategy that you had after Ron passed away? No, it was it was different after Ron passed away, and I think I, I learned a lot from experience that just sitting by myself and not doing anything didn't serve me. After shock, mm. I did it, but it didn't serve me. It didn't help me move forward. It didn't help me feel better. It didn't. So, really so do how long anything. was it? How long was it after Jacques passed away before you had the aha moment that you was going to get up and start doing stuff? It was about eleven months. 11 months. It was 11 months. Mm-hmm. 11 months before you. So you knew this time, don't do that. Don't sit home yeah. and, and do nothing. Yeah. And, and, and I also knew that it was very important for me to take care of myself. 
And those first few weeks after Ron died, I did kind of sit home and do nothing because I just couldn't do anything else. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when someone's that you love so much is there and then they're not Mm -hmm. trying to get the shock of it all with life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. And I would try to go to bed to rest, but he wasn't there. So I'd go out and sit on the couch or lie down on the couch. And then I'd get sore from being uncomfortable from trying to sleep on the couch for so long because I didn't want to get back in the bed. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and we, we didn't have a TV in our room when we were together. That was just something that we had decided that we weren't going to do, but I got Mm -hmm. a TV put in my room (laughs) and that made it so that I could go back in there and have my mind on something else. Mm -hmm. So I could Mm -hmm. spend time in there. And I actually hate to admit it, but I watched Hallmark movies. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I did it because they were positive and mm-hmm. I knew what the plot was. So it didn't matter if I fell asleep in the middle of it. I knew how it was. Yeah. And it, it just, it was like background, but it was, it was a warm, comforting sort of mm-hmm. background mm-hmm. that, uh, it, it that got helped your, me get through that. It got your mind off of, mm-hmm. of, um, of him passing. Yeah. Mm. And then, then when I started to, um, they they call it a, a fog that you have in that early grief that that you're it's like you're in a fog that you can't really see or really hear what's going on around you very well. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that that fog was lifting, that's when I started writing. Mm. And I started to I wasn't writing my book at that point. I was just writing uh, for me to like, like journaling my feelings or... and journaling. Um, mm-hmm writing things I was grateful for. Mm, gratitude journal. Oh yeah. I I started that after Jacques died and never stopped. I've done that every day since. Mm. That that really helps keep things in perspective. And then the thing that I found that helped me the most was to write letters to Ron. Mm. Because that way I felt like even though he wasn't in the room with me that I knew of, you know, Mm -hmm. I could express to him my feelings and what I would love to have been talking to him about. And it was really cool. And it came to a point one day after I'd written a letter that I decided to write a letter back from him to me. Because I'd heard of people doing that, that, Mm -hmm. you know, exercise, writing exercise before. And it was beautiful. It was wow. So, so let me experience. try to understand correctly. So you, of course, journaling is, is, I journal myself and I think journaling is just, uh, it's a great, it's so, um, um, it's my therapy basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so you began writing letters to your spouse who had passed away mm-hmm. and, um, you know, to relieve some of that, that, that stress and, um, you know, the word for trying to deal with losing someone. And then not only did you write letters to him because, you know, to the one who passed away, but Mm -hmm. you wrote letters um, as if he was writing to you Mm -hmm. as well. And what was that like? It was incredibly powerful. 
Now, it's one of the, the writing techniques that I teach when I'm, I'm teaching people to do uh, writing through grief. And, and they always love this exercise and they're always surprised by the exercise. And I can't tell you who's writing that letter and the letter back. You know, some people say it's God. Some people say it's the person who died. Some people say it all comes out of your, your mind and what you know and what you've experienced. But I can tell you that wherever it comes from, it's comforting mm. because it's it's good, beautiful things in, in that letter generally. Mm. I had uh, one woman who, who wrote a letter to her son who died a long time ago, and she said he answered questions that she didn't have an answer for after he died. Because he, he died with those answers, but in the letter, he, he answered the questions. And wow. she felt like she really felt that they were, they were true, that it, it that had to be what the truth was. And she was grateful to finally recognize that. Mm, it sounds like that was, it's a healing that happens mm -hmm. through that process. Yes. 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 So, I mean, to me, that's a beautiful exercise. Um, I, when my best friend passed away when I was some years ago. Um, I did. I didn't write anything down. I mean, I wrote. I mean, I, I do journaling and and, th and always done that. But at some point, I had the conversation with myself as if I was speaking to him. I think I was cleaning up or something, and I was just feeling bad that day. And the process of just talking sort of to myself through the process of cleaning up and or doing whatever, folding clothes, whatever I was doing. And I remember asking, you know, just these questions that I, I, I just didn't have answers to. And some, some answers just came to my mind. It was so weird, you know, and um, because I don't know what answers came from. I don't really know what, mm -hmm. what, what, what the, you know, but it resolved a lot of the 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 quirks or whatever the word is that I'm that, that were going through my mind that were just agon you know I don't say agonizing but it just irritated the heck out of me because it was you know the process of being angry with someone because a lot of my process was at first I was you know grieving and then after I for years I you know we grieve and then after that you're able you know I was begin to understand that I was angry about things, you know, and then after being, you know, being angry, because, you know, how can you feel upset that someone has passed away and me angry with them at the same time, you know, so it took some steps, you know, so once, you know, I got through the anger of it all, then I was able to get to forgiveness. And then, you know, so it, it took a, a process to where I could actually hear, you know, hear answers. So it's really good that that there's a process in place where you can actually, you know, write down how you feel to that particular person, you know, do it consciously with awareness mm -hmm. instead of sort of fumbling your way through it. And then being able to know that I can ask the questions that I need answers to and do what I call automatic writing. Mm -hmm. um, have that person maybe through no spirit or, or, you know, greater awareness or greater consciousness, get the, get the answers or the resolutions that I mm -hmm. need. So that's an amazing process to me.
and it, it just it really works it mm. really does I can I I I I think we're gonna do more of that, you know. And do you think that the person has to be um transition in order to to do that and get answers? That's an interesting question I haven't thought of before. I think if the person hasn't transitioned, it would be good to either talk to them face to face or sometimes write a letter to a person. But actually write it to the person and see if you get answers that way. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes they're just waiting for you to ask. That they want to mm -hmm. tell you something, but they're not sure whether you're ready for it or can accept it. But if you ask, they can respond. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you do that before someone transitions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there have been people that that I just don't want to deal with. I'm not, you know, I, I, you know, I've had people, you know, cross me in the wrong way and, um, I have no desire to, to interact with them again, but still I know that in my heart, that's not good for me to have mm -hmm. those feelings. And I was trying to think of a way that I could, you know, um, sort of relieve myself and free myself of that anger and resentment or whatever I was feeling. And I had to, I, I, I closed my eyes <laughs> and imagine if I, I saw that person and how I would react. Would mm -hmm. I be able to speak to that person, able to embrace them? And I've tried to exercise several times, like when I was like, I was right, right when it was fresh and like, no way. You usually turn into like the S word that you were saying earlier. Mm -hmm. Usually they will, will come out. I mean, this is just just in my own mind. Like I, and I could not get my mind wrapped around um, embracing that person. I had to do it that exercise over and over again till I was able to see them and embrace them in my, my own mind. And until eventually I was able to do that. It took a lot of time. It took some couple of years, <laughs> but then I was able to do that. And then some days I I do it and then I can't. You know, mm -hmm. but at least I know that I have been able to do that in my own mind because I have no intention on ever like reaching out to that person or talking to them. But I do know if something happened where I had to run into them or I saw them in the street or something, I know that there's a part of me that will be able to embrace them if, if mm -hmm. that was the situation. That it wouldn't be me yeah. in the street cussing them out. <laughs> I can understand that. I had a, a person once who um, did some things with the business that I was working with that were hurtful. I mean, really, really hurtful toward me. Mm -hmm. And I had tried to talk to her at the time, and she was she thought she was absolutely right, and she was absolutely wrong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it was it was I realized that I wasn't going to be able to deal with her face to face. So I started writing about it. And the more I wrote about it, the less I had to write about it. Mm. Till the point that it finally got to the the edge had worn off. And I could look at it and say, is this something I really need to waste my energy on being angry about? Mm -hmm. Is it true? You know, it, it, it wasn't true. To mm -hmm. me, I knew that, that what she was saying wasn't true. So mm -hmm. why did I need to be concerned with it? And I finally wrote enough, and this is just journal writing. I'd finally written enough about it that I could say, 
okay, I'm complete with this. I know I can't change it. I know I can't go back and make what happened not happen, but it, mm -hmm. it did happen and it's over and I'm moving forward and I'm happy and mm -hmm. life is good. And then I ran into her in the store one day Oof, and I, okay. looked, I looked at her and I said, boy, that really worked. And I said, hi, how are you wow. doing? I've been thinking about you. And wow. she about fell over when I, I did that, but it felt mm -hmm. so good to do it. And she was able to just kind of take a breath and say, hi, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then kind of walk away. But mm -hmm. it felt so good to be so complete with myself that I could release those feelings because those feelings weren't serving me. They weren't serving her. They weren't helping anything. Mm -hmm. But they sure were making me feel lousy. So why yeah. should I hang on to them? Right. Exactly. And that I knew that I knew it intellectually, but you know, knowing something intellectually does not mean that you know how to apply it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, why am I? I know that this is going to make me sick if I hang on to this. It's not going to, like you said, serve me. Mm -hmm. What can I do to release this? Because I'm not trying to find a, find out the person's name and number, <laughs> you know. And and you know, or or I just I didn't even want to invite that into my life. So, but, yeah. um. But that that technique really worked, and 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 you know you don't have to have that person, and I like that, that quotation saying that I, I uh, if you know I, I don't I want you to eat, not just at my table, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. So so I, I definitely um, believe in that that writing does heal, and definitely automatic writing is is an amazing technique to oh, yeah. um get to to tap into something that I think most people just don't know about. That's so really I, true. Yes, yes. And I want to get to your book, um, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. And I know there's a, I know that um I've heard previous interviews and you talked about how the book came to be. And I think it's an amazing story about how you support um, people in dealing with grief and how you supported this individual, which ultimately um, brought this book into being. Can you talk a bit about that? Well, we had, uh, Ron and I had some good friends that, that lived close to us on the mainland where we were. And they're wonderful people. We just really enjoyed their company. And in that couple of years before Ron died, they'd been to the island a couple of times to visit. And it, it was really cool. Mm. And about eight months after Ron died, he died, just dropped dead suddenly. Mm. Mm. And they were a lot younger than we were. He called Ron dad. So there was that big of an age difference. Um, and he was very red-haired Irish person. So it was mm -hmm. kind of amusing to see him calling Ron dad. <laughs> but we, I, I thought when I, I heard just hours after he had died, that he had died. And I thought I was so worried about his wife because mm -hmm. she was young. She had no idea that her husband was going to be gone. And people say and do crazy things when, when people die. And I wanted her to know what she needed to listen to and what she didn't need to listen to and how to take good care of herself during those, those early days when nobody tells you 
to take care of yourself or, mm -hmm. or what to, to help you. I wanted to tell her all that. So I wrote her a, a big, long letter and made arrangements for her to get it right away. And she let me know later that the letter was so helpful to her that she really, really appreciated it and that I was right. Nobody else told her any of those things that were in that letter that, that she really needed to know. So I thought, I've got to do more than this. I want, I want to keep helping her because they, they had the biggest funeral I've ever heard of before in my life because the guy was just really prominent. Wow. It, it was so big. He, he was a USC alumni. It was so big that the USC marching band came out onto the football field where they were holding the reception after and the, the USC? service. You, you, University of Southern California. Okay, wow. For, for them to to be part of his his celebration was you know it was it was big so I knew that there was going to be a letdown afterwards because mm -hmm. there were tons of people there and then there was nobody mm. so I decided I would write her a card every week for the first year so 52 weeks so I thought before I start this I better be sure I've got 52 different things that I can say because I don't want to get halfway through and then <laughs> <laughs> so I sat down and wrote out 52 different things that, that were helpful, supportive, comforting, that sort of thing for, for 52 different weeks. And after I did that, I, as, a, as a writer, since I've taught writing for years, I said, you know what, I, I have an outline for a book. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote my book. And, and one of the things that I concentrate in my book is that at the end of each chapter, there's the, the chapter, each chapter is about something different. It's a different subject, like the mm -hmm. cards were each about a different subject. And at the end of each chapter, there's something actively the person can do to help them deal with their grief. Mm -hmm. So that it's not just like they're reading my story or they're reading about grief, but they're actually going, oh, okay, this is how I can apply this to my life and how it yeah. can help me feel better, help give me some comfort. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's the story of the book. Mm. So, so basically, from what I understand from what you're saying is uh, you wrote her um, a letter um, mm -hmm. every, and, and made sure she got the letter every single week for a year. You know, we have 52 weeks mm -hmm. in a year. And so there's 52 letters that she received every single week to support her in dealing with grief. Mm -hmm. And at some point you knew or understood that um, I, I could take this, this information, these letters that had benefited her mm -hmm. um, and put this in a, in a book form that could possibly help many others. Mm -hmm. so that's, what that's exactly what i did what, what so what was the so you just the thought just came to you or how did you come to to sometime I, I have a hard time making the connection between like take this and put this together and make this uh -huh. so, so so what was that process of knowing that this needs to be put into made, made into a book form well they what I wrote to her were actually cards. I made these like like greeting cards that I on the front they'd have a, a picture that I took someplace here on the island because I'm always taking pictures with my iPhone because it's so beautiful here. Mm -hmm. And then the content was yeah. <laughs> then the content was on the, the inside of each one of those. And I had told 
someone about what I was doing. And she contacted me and said, I've got somebody I really need to send something like that to. Is there any way that I can get those cards from you? So I said, well, I just did them on my computer at home. I can print off a set for you if you'd like. And she said, yes, please. So I printed them off and it took, you know, 52. It takes a long time. You print them, you cut them, you fold them, you put them in envelope. You know, it's, it's a, it's a process. Mm -hmm. And so I put on a, a podcast that I was listening to uh, while I was doing that. And I really resonated with the person that I was hearing being interviewed. And I, she was talking about her book and I thought I got to get a copy of her book. So I went to her website and at the bottom of her website, it said, and I'm also a book agent. So if you've got an idea for a book, let me know. Mm. And it, that's when it hit me. It was like, I've got 52 chapters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right here, already ready to go. Right here. So I wrote her at that moment. She got back to me within a half an hour and she's my agent now. Oh, wow. Yeah, that that's awesome. You know, and, and one thing that listen to your story, um, you are one of the most proactive people that I've I've ever <laughs> listened to. <laughs> she, you know, it's like you have a thought about getting something done and you get it done, you know. And I think that's amazing to me. I I, I value that because to me, I'm all about execution. Like, let's not just sit here and talk about this. If we're mm -hmm. going to talk about it, we got to start doing something after we finish talking. And to me, you are also are, are a queen of getting things done. <laughs> you not sit around yeah. and waste time. So that's one thing that I definitely learned about you and listening to you and listening to a conversation that you've had previously. So I want to know, um, and one thing that we talked about before in a previous conversation was that I had to, to that I learned is that there are different kinds of grief. It's not just grieving the loss of a person. It, they're also, you know, through this whole COVID thing, there's the, the grief of, of, of losing a job, you know? What, what kind of, and, and, and maybe the other examples that you can give me of, of how you help people deal with grief outside of just losing someone or losing a job. Uh, I, I usually say that I help people deal with grief and loss because mm -hmm. grief is a kind of loss. But as you said, there's lots of kinds of loss. And most of the things that apply to grief of a person apply to loss. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, one of the people in one of my groups lost her home in one of the fires in California. Wow. And it, her home, her husband's business was in the home. All their animals were at the house and everything was gone. And that was, she, she asked me if she could join my group, if, if that would qualify. I said, absolutely. You know, when you lose something, whether it be a job, whether it be an income, whether it be your ability to go in and see your loved one who's in the hospital because COVID's going on and you're not allowed in, that's a loss. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of, of different losses. You can even lose something, uh, for instance, uh, after Jacques died, I went to visit my daughter in, in another state and we went shopping in a big department store. And when we were shopping, I looked down and I noticed that one of the, the diamonds was gone out of my wedding ring. Wow. And that hit me so hard. And since we were shopping, who knows 
when it came out. I couldn't even tell you for sure the last time I saw it there because I wore it all the time. Wow. And that that was that was a loss. So loss can be material things. I, I dealt oh. with that by uh, using that the rest of the diamonds and the gold that was in the ring and some gold that I had from my engagement ring from mm -hmm. Jacques also. And, and that diamond, I, I had them all designed into a, a necklace that one of my students was also a jeweler. And she, she'd been telling me always about how much she enjoyed doing things. So I approached her and I said, can you take this stuff and make it into something beautiful? And she did. Mm. So it, it was a way of dealing with my loss that... Mm -hmm. To transform into something uh, so, else. Yeah, it, it transformed and it felt really good. And it felt good that it that actually that I wasn't wearing my wedding ring on my finger. Because one thing that people don't talk about a lot after uh, a spouse dies is, you know, when you get married, lots of times they say until death do you part. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel unmarried just because he died. You know, mm. I didn't stop loving him. You know, my relationship with him was different, but I didn't, it didn't stop just because he died. That, right. that was the, the one challenge I had with getting together with Ron. Mm -hmm. that, your, um, your, your husband after, your, your third husband, yeah. but the husband that after Jacques after passed Jacques away, died, yeah. then you married Ron. And now you still feeling as though... <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, well, I, I haven't got a divorce <laughs> yeah well he said to me uh we we hadn't been dating very long and he said something about my ex-husband and i said uh no <laughs> he is not my ex-husband please mm -hmm. don't call him that and he was kind of surprised i because mm -hmm. he hadn't ever thought about it before mm -hmm. but an, an ex-husband that the ex indicates some sort of um finality you know yeah. that, that mm -hmm. there's an actual divorce and and, mm -hmm. and it's over and right. i i didn't feel that way about it so mm -hmm. when when ron and i really got serious he had to uh, he chose to accept the fact that i didn't feel unmarried to shock and it wasn't mm -hmm. like it was bigamy or anything because mm -hmm. he wasn't here right but i could love both of them at the same time mm -hmm. and Ron was there, so he was the one that the, all the love got focused on. So he mm -hmm. didn't have to worry about it. Right. But, but it, it took him a moment to realize that he didn't really need to worry about it. And and how did you uh, cope with that? Because, I mean, I've I've heard you know people you know that 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 um that story of oh when you know you have someone who loses a, a spouse. Um, who passes away and they're never quite over it. So the new person coming in, you know, has this third person in the marriage that, uh, that, that, you know, how people will say, well, you're never going to, you know, compete with the, the first one that was there. <laughs> you're never going to, you know, <laughs> you know, you're never going to. So did, did, did he ever feel like I'm, I'm competing with someone that I'm never going to be able to compete with. Did did he ever have that feeling? I I can't speak for what he felt, but I mm. had the feeling that he kind of thought that way when he called him my ex-husband because he wanted it to be final. Right. With my previous husband. He wanted no competitors. <laughs> yeah, no competitors. So, but what that did was cause us to have a conversation and really talk about it and I said, you know, if, if you and I were married and 
I died and you met somebody else, would that make you love me less? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when, when I turned the tables on him, it, he, he could look at it from a different perspective and understand that it was okay. Mm. It, uh, it was a, it's a, it's a different kind of love and it's fine. Yeah, it's great that you was able to, that you're mature enough, you're spiritually, because that's a, that's a spiritual lesson, that you're spiritually mature enough to articulate mm -hmm. that and have a conversation about it. So that, that to me is, is, is an amazing thing. That's one of the things in, in grief and in dealing with any kind of loss is it's really important to talk about it. Even, mm -hmm. even if it's talking about it in your journal and writing it down, it's really important to get it out of your head because it'll mm -hmm. stick there in your head. And what Eckhart Tolle calls a monkey mind, just you know, mm -hmm. the stuff will stay mm -hmm. in there bouncing around. Yeah. And the, when the I more meditate, you ignore it, the more it bounces around. The more it bounces around, exactly. <laughs> and I, I, I have that when I, when I meditate, the monkey mind starts to show up and bouncing all around. The more you try to, you know, and, you know, it's like you have to come back to the center, you know? So, um, so I definitely know about, about, about monkey mind. So one of the things that I did also wanted to discuss with you, cause we talked a little bit about, about, um, about losing, um, you know, of course there's the different kinds of loss and in terms of loss, the way that we deal with loss many of the times is grieve. And there, and we discussed that there are many different kinds of, of, of loss, not just losing a loved one, it's losing a job, losing a house, losing a diamond, um, losing a friend, you know, losing a shoe. <laughs> There's different kinds of what, what, what loss in terms of the value, what, the value that we place on it is what we're dealing with, you know, and trying to cope with, um, how are we going to move forward without the thing that we valued? How can we support a person properly who is grieving? Um, love them anyway. I, I know that sounds kind of, kind of um, flip, but it's, mm. it's not. The more you deal with things with love, the easier it is to find the ways to deal with it. If you, if you really love somebody, you can see what needs to happen. For instance, if, if a friend of yours has suffered a significant loss and you're able to visit them and they're not talking, that's okay. You can say, mm -hmm. you know, I'm happy to just sit here and be with you and let you know that I love you and, and I'm here. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then just sit. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you kind of need to, to um, take your cue from the person that you're dealing with. If the person is sobbing terribly, don't get up and leave the room because they're crying and you can't handle it. But go over and hold their hand, put an arm around them, give them a Kleenex, do mm -hmm. something like that. You don't have to talk to them. Please don't tell them that they'll get over it. Please don't tell them to stop crying. But be helpful and supportive and deal with it with love, whatever it is that you choose to do. And Again, it sounds trite, but love will lead the way if, if you mm. allow it to. Uh, mm. You'll know what to do. Yeah, love them through it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's important. And, you know, because it sounds like showing them compassion um, through it 
and not pushing them. You know, I don't know if, if pushing them is good. I mean, your friend, she did, you know, was like, you need to get them this app. You need to talk to yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. She did sort of push you, you know. Um, I don't know if that is always healthy, but maybe she could see that it was time for you. I think she could see she was a good enough friend that she could see that that's that's where I was. And it was a suggestion and it, mm. and it was good. But. I, I think that the big deal is to not judge the person who's grieving because mm. it's real easy to say, Oh, they, you know, this has been going on too long. They got to get over it. And mm. that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. And, and the more you support them with love, the easier it'll be for them to move forward. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. if they, if they're not feeling the love, if people walk out of the room, whenever they start to get teary, then they're going to cry more. Mm-hmm. So the, the the more that you can um, can be genuinely compassion compassionate mm-hmm. and not judge uh, the the person, and mm-hmm. instead, you know, just just be there for them, um, even look. if you can't physically be there in the room with them, they might be mm-hmm. across the country or something. You still mm-hmm. can be there for them. You can write a letter. You can, you know, you can right, send you your, can your on Zoom. <laughs> you don't Zoom. Send me your beautiful book mm-hmm. um, as well to, mm-hmm. to help support them. Um, so how do if people, you know, and, and I want to make sure I word this correctly because I want to get my terminology right. So let's say I am I, I'm, I'm grieving personally through loss or whatever that loss is um, or. I know someone who's grieving and who is struggling with um, with loss. Mm-hmm. How do I how do I get in contact with you? How what would what how would I even advise that person to say, hey, I can see that you're struggling with grief. I can see that this is kicking your butt, you know, for lack mm-hmm. of better words. How do I say I I know someone or I know a support group that can help you through this? Well, one of the ways you just mentioned is is give them a copy of my book. It's Mm -hmm. it's a lot better gift to give to someone grieving than flowers that will die. You know, Mm -hmm. if you give them the book, then they can use it when they need it, as they Mm -hmm. need it. Mm -hmm. That's a good way. Mm -hmm. Or you can say, I've heard about this, like my new group that I have that's called the the um, grief and happiness alliance that it's an online group and you where people can go every week and they'll write some through grief they'll make friends with the other people in the group and they'll have mm-hmm. happiness exercises every week so you can say I heard about this really cool program this is the the uh, address the URL for it and if you're interested do mm-hmm. you know that that kind of suggestions um i think that that doing something concrete like that is helpful because a lot of times people don't know where to start right and if they've got a starting off spot and uh, like for instance somebody said they picked up my book and they happened to flip to the chapter for forgiveness and mm-hmm. started yeah. reading it and ended up reading the whole thing and said wow, that's exactly what I needed to hear right now. And that's what I need to do so that they could work on 
one thing at a time instead of trying to solve the whole world of grief that they're in mm -hmm. all at once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how um, and, I, and um, how do I get in contact with you? And you know, say I'm 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 struggling with grief. Though I know someone who's struggling with grief. Where do I go to to get that support and be a part of your support group? The, my website is the same as my book name, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief .com. And my email is the same also. It's Emily at Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief .com. So it's it's easy to remember how how mm -hmm. to get a hold of me and how to get and you can get the book any place books are sold it's traditionally published so you can order it from any bookstore if, if they don't have it in stock and of course you can get it through amazon and barnes and noble too okay. and i'll have the links in the show description to the her links to her, her group and to her book and to her website thank yes. you you're welcome so i mean i'm i i just to our conversation i definitely understand grief better in terms of how to sort of cope with grief in a productive manner. And I'm glad that if I have someone who's struggling with grief, I have some place to send them to. I can say, you know, you need to talk to this person, you need to read this book. There's a, a, a peer group available for you to deal with grief. Cause we like, I'm not saying in a therapist, <laughs> I'm not crazy, you know? And for those type of people, I think this is more approachable for them where they feel as though I can get the support I need without challenging any of my beliefs, mm -hmm. you know? So I think that's something big. Go ahead. Well, it, it's uh, the advantage of having peers because mm -hmm. there, there are people that are in the same boat that you're in might be from mm -hmm. different circumstances, but there's, they're dealing with loss so they can, they can get you in a way mm. other people can't. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Well, I thank you so much for being on the show. I, and again, I mean, I, I feel like I understand myself in terms of, you know, me dealing with grief. I think that I'm glad that I can, again, that's a big one for me, being able, because I know people who are grieving and to be able to know that I can offer them something i offer them a book i can offer them um a support group that makes me feel better that i am not sitting there going um i hope i'm saying the right thing i don't want to say the wrong thing you know i know now that you know as you all which as you were saying um love them through it i love mm -hmm. that expression love them through it and That's don't right. judge so, That's so those right. two things that I'll, I'll take away from this above all is love them through it and don't judge them. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to say before we go? I just appreciate you taking the time with me to do this because the, the more we talk about it, the less taboo it, it is that, mm -hmm. that people will see it's okay to express how they're feeling and, and that they're dealing with grief and that they would like to have some comfort and some help. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's, and, and I think like, you know, this whole COVID thing has brought up so many different issues, issues in terms of loss, you know, all the things that we mentioned, losing jobs, losing loved ones, it's a combo, this mm -hmm. thing, and we, we need this, 
we need to have these conversations and also this kind of support because I think people um, need it and they don't know right now they need it because it's, it's so fresh and so new. But I think that people will come to the realization that I'm, I'm going to have to get support and that these opportunities are coming up where people can be supported and get the and have those conversations that they need to have in order to um, cope with grief and loss without going through, you know, 10 years of of struggling through it like I, I did, you know. Yeah. So so thank you. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. And definitely I'll have um, information about how to contact um, Emily um, on through uh, uh, on our show notes. And you also can contact me, DJ, the career coach um, at DJ at DJ and get a hold of me. If you have any questions or want to learn more and please come back next week for another episode where I hope to encourage you, inspire you. Uh, maybe they can get a little bit of human in their humor in there somewhere. Um, but as always, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, so it was a great conversation. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And again, like I said, I learned so much um, during the conversation, and and um, and I am appreciative of of the work that you're doing. Um, and I'm I'm so glad that you're adamant. I mean, I was online looking at you know interviews and. And I do that for all, for every guest. I try to find, you know, as much as I can about that person. There was so much work that I saw that you're doing to support your book. And I'm glad that you're doing it. And you're putting the word out there because people are going to need this when, um, right now, everybody's scrambling with about, you know, arguing about the mask and arguing about the, pol the politics of it all. But when all that goes away and the dust settles, you then you have to start dealing with the realities that I've lost a lot of people. So, um, and you're gonna see more of it. You're gonna see more people are are dealing with these things, you know, in a negative way and not the, like I say, I don't, we don't need a 10 year journey to get through grief, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm saying that like your friend Liz, who said, girl, you just need to get on match.com and get and find you a man, <laughs> you know, and, and, um, but she knew you was ready. And I think that that's, that's wonderful to have, to have attracted friends like that. It means that mm -hmm. you are doing something right when you have people in your life like that, that can say to you and you're able to hear them so yeah, I do need to find me a man and then find you a man, <laughs> you know, because you have that light and, and you're able to attract more light. So it's like you, you made it, you, you're, 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 you, you have made it spiritually and, and physically you've made it to that special place that so many are trying to get to. And instead of just saying, I'm, I made it and I'm just going to sit here and just enjoy it, you know, I'm going to also help other people as well. So um, so kudos to that. That's amazing to me. Thank you. Thank you very much. And the memories bring back memories bring back you. There's a time that I remember when I never felt so lost. When I felt that all the hatred was too powerful to stop. Now my heart feels like
for you that you know I'll never drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody hurts sometimes. Everybody hurts someday. Hey, hey. Well, everything will be alright. Go raise up your glass and say. Bring back all the memories. 